Hello and welcome back to our Wednesday Word Podcast. I am going to be continuing on with the book of Numbers this week. As I mentioned last week, we are going to keep pushing through this book because there is just so much to unpack. So last week we talked about God giving his people victory in the midst of their desert and he gave them actual victory over the Canaanites, over Sihon and Og, over various people as they continue on their venture to the promised land. Now, because of this, to set the stage for today's message, Balak, I think that's how you say his name, bear with me this week because there are a few names that I'm like, I have no idea if that's how you say it, but Balak is the king of Moab. And the Israelites have just camped a little bit close, a little bit from Moab. They're across the Jordan River. And he is concerned. He's real concerned because he has seen how God has given them victory over the Amorites and various other people, and now he's concerned that God is going to give them victory over Moab, and his kingdom is going to end. So what he does because of this is he summons a man called Balaam, or Balaam. So we'll say Balak and Balaam, which is so confusing. But Balak ends with a K, so think K, king, and then Balaam ends with an M. Balaam is someone who clearly is a man of God. He has some sort of religious power it seems maybe he's a prophet we don't really know it doesn't tell us but clearly Balak knows that Balaam has a relationship with God and he wants Balaam to come and to curse the Israelites because he thinks that if Balaam comes and curses the Israelites that that will prevent them from taking over his land so I know that's a little confusing but that's important to set the stage for this story so Balak summons Balaam Balaam, you know, calls on the Lord and is like, should I go with these people? And he says, no. So then the people go back to Balak. Then Balak says, okay, go back to him. Give, you know, tell him that we're going to give him more money, whatever. So Balaam responds and says, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord, my God. But stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you. And this is in Numbers 22. There's going to be a lot of scripture in today's message, and that's just because it's necessary, and I don't think that it makes sense for me to paraphrase what's happening because it's so powerful. So this is the part that's mind-blowing and that is just like my favorite part of the whole story. Um, but it's probably not Balaam's favorite part of the whole story. So if I was him, I probably wouldn't be like, this is my favorite part. All right. So we're going to start in 22, Numbers 22, verse 21. It says, so they're about to go towards Balak. He's going with all these people and officials. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. Then when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Okay, if you've lost me, I want to bring you back. God just gave a donkey the ability to speak. 
And the donkey says to this man, so imagine if you're riding your donkey or your horse, or you're you know, hanging out with your dog, and they just start talking to you in your native language. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. Balaam responds. So now the donkey's talking to him. If I'm in a situation, and let's say my dog, some of y'all know Teddy, Teddy starts talking to me. I'm, I don't think I'm going to talk back to Teddy. I think I'm going to be like, what? Are you talking to me? Like, what's happening? Like, I'm going to be in total shock. But he responds to his donkey. And he says, you have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. The donkey responds, but I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. This is the Lord talking or the angel of the Lord. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but only say what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. So this isn't the end of the story, but it is, I would say, the meat of the message today. There's also something else that I'll read a little bit after this, which God so conveniently, I think, writes the stories and writes even just like, I think in some ways, the podcast that I put together, because we talked about Jacob yesterday, and I'll reference Jacob again in just a minute, which was not planned last week, but clearly wasn't God's, God's plan. But I want us to just sit and simmer on what just happened here in Numbers 22. This donkey had a human intellect, I wouldn't say intellectual, but like he's, he's speaking, the Balaam can understand him. He just had a conversation with his owner. And I know most of us don't really ride donkeys, but probably the most comparable example is truly just your pet because donkeys were animals that these humans were with every day. So, you know, it's a little different than a pet, probably a lot different, but that's probably the most comparable example I can give to you. And if you are missing God's message so much and God in clear sight of you so much that he sends your, your donkey to speak to you and let you know what's up, he clearly has something he wants to tell you. And, you know, in our day and time, I don't think I've heard of an example of God, you know, allowing a dog to talk to someone to, to get his message across, right? However, that doesn't mean he couldn't do that. And some of y'all are like thinking I'm crazy for saying that, but God literally could make your, your dog talk if he wanted to. That's not necessarily what he's doing in this day and age. But how many times do you feel like you resist God and resist clear signs and signals that the angel of the Lord or the Lord is in your path and he's telling you to stop doing something or just like pay attention like hey hello God here and you just ignore it and you just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing because you're distracted in addition to that 
I find it really fascinating that Balaam was so angry. He had these fits of rage and he would just beat his donkey. And it just is very clear to me that in his rage, he's taking it out on his donkey because he's so blinded that God is using this donkey to show him that the angel of the Lord is in his path. And he keeps missing it and missing it and missing it. And finally, God makes a way for him just to, he can't miss it anymore because he allows a donkey to speak. I just think that is beyond fascinating. And I think that so many of us can probably think of a time where we saw sign after sign after sign and we ignored it. Even though we kind of felt like, hey, this is probably God, but I don't know. It, uh, it's not clear enough. Like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to push that to the side. And if you do that long enough, God will send you a sign that is so obvious that you cannot ignore it. So I think that's the first part of this message. And I, I want to come back to like fits of rage and the anger because that's something that transparently I struggle with. Um, I don't know if I can get any other mamas out there who are with me. But it is just sometimes infuriating when my kids, well I say my kids, both of them. But specifically my toddler who I love to death. But does things and he's just so defiant. <laughs> He just tells me no and no and no. And sometimes I feel like the Lord, not sometimes, oftentimes, I feel like the Lord uses children to show us how defiant we are towards him. But in that same vein, it also shows us how much God loves us. Because even though my child sometimes infuriates me, and I let my anger get the best of me, and he lets his anger get the best of him, Um, there is nothing that my son could ever do for me to stop loving him. Just truly nothing. And that reminds me of the father's love for us. So also just want to say, if you've gotten angry a lot this week, you're in good company because clearly a lot of people in the Bible have fits of rage. Um, I sometimes lose my ish. And if you're a mom and you don't, I just want to say what a gift and shout out to you. And I hope that I can get some of your patience soon. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to Balak actually, or Balaam actually getting to Balak. So remember, Balak is the king. He gets to Balak, and Balak is like, "Where have you been? I I told you to hurry." And you know, whatever he tells the story of like why it's taking time. Then Balak um, tells him like, "Hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to curse these people, whatever. And then Balaam was like, okay, I need you to build these altars and sacrifice these bulls. And you know, then I will stand here and basically say whatever God tells me to say. And what he does is he blesses the Israelites and it infuriates the king of Moab, Balak. But one of the verses that I wanted to um, to read, because I just love it, it says, this was the message Balaam delivered. So as a reminder, he says, Balak is telling him, I want you to curse these people. 
Balaam actually blesses them. So then he says, okay, come with me to another place. Then you'll see another part of the nation of Israel and not all of them. You can curse at least that many. You don't have to curse all of them, but curse some of them. And Balaam says, rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prairie, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Then Balak said to Balaam, fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. But Balaam replied to Balak, didn't I tell you that I can only do what the Lord tells me? And he goes on to bless Israel again and again. And obviously, it just infuriates Balak. But all of this is really cool because it's super connected to even what I talked about earlier this week, which really had nothing to do with numbers. But we talked about wrestling with God and we talked about Jacob and how Jacob wrestled so hard with God that he won. And he, his last words before the man said, let him go, which the man being God was, I will not let you go until you bless me. And we're seeing that promise being fulfilled. I mean, hundreds of years, I don't know, I don't really know, but I assume it's probably hundreds of years later, at least over a hundred years. And God is being faithful to his promise to Jacob that he is going to bless him and his descendants. And I just want to read verse 19 in chapter 23 one more time. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? That is powerful, and it just continues to be such an encouragement for the message that God is bringing his people into his promised land. And when he promises you more, when he promises you whatever it is that he's promised you, it's going to happen. Because God never fails and he can't lie. And some of you may be wondering, well, God, what has God promised me? Like, Sarah, he hasn't told me to leave my career and start a business like you. So I don't really know what God has promised me. And... My response to that is, one, read the Bible because the promises in the Word of God are endless. And those are promises that we can rest on way more than us thinking that we heard from God. Because those are written in the Word of God. Anything in the Word of God is truth. And will never not come true. So if you don't feel like God has spoken to you about anything specific in your life lately or said like, I 
I'm, I promise that I'm going to give you this in your life or I'm going to conquer this in your life. There was at one point in my life where I was actually worried that I was never going to get married, that singleness may have been the plan that God had for me in college. I remember that because I honestly am so good or was so good at being alone. And that's a very dangerous place to be, might I add, because if you're alone, you can hide things very easily. But in that journey of singleness, I was convinced by the end of that, I took a whole year to seek God. I was convinced by the end of that year that God was going to conquer my fear of marriage and my fear of trust in men and that singleness was not his long-term plan for my life. So there are instances like that where I feel like God has clearly spoken to me, but majority of the promises that God gives us, you can find in the Bible. And along with Daybreak 41, it wasn't just like God just spoke to me out of nowhere and said to do this. There were various things he did, I feel like, tell me that are not specifically in the word of God, but they are when you read enough into it. But he gave me scripture specifically and spoke to me through the scripture. And I said earlier that I'll probably share that a little bit later this year. But if you just feel like God has not given you a promise or you don't know what your promised land is or this is so great. I love that God is bringing his people into his promised land. What's my promised land? What is the promise that God has given me? And where am I on that journey to get there? Well, if you don't have one, I just encourage you to get in the word of God and read it. And from there, you'll very quickly find what God has promised you. And then after that, it just takes faith and obedience to believe it and trust that he'll see it through. Okay, this is the message. Also, if you love worship music and that speaks to you in a way that maybe you don't get spoken to through podcasts or preaching or messages or even just reading the word of God. I mean, I love worship music. I encourage you to listen to a song called Land of the Living. And it actually quotes this verse about God not being a liar um, in the end of the song. And it is a very, very powerful song. So if you feel like you just want to hear this message in a song, then I really encourage you to go listen to that. It's called, once again, Land of the Living. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And I hope that y'all were mind-blown and blessed by this story as it continues to just bless me and show me how powerful God is.